guys, welcome back to Let's Grab Coffee. I'm your host, Heather Fletcher, and I'm so excited to be back here with you all today. Happy July, friends! I can't believe it's already July, and that we're already in the height of summer, and that I feel like it's already coming to an end. I hate that, but I do love July, and I love um, the 4th of July, and just everything that the summer has to bring. So, happy July, friends! And today I get to talk to my sister-in-law and one of my best friends, Leah. And it's a special month because it's also Leah's birthday month. So that is lots of fun. And um, this conversation, we were able to talk about a lot of things. We talked about uh, just all the transitions that Leah has been through and how to make friends as an adult when you're not in college and when you're not a mom yet or a parent. And so... Um, yeah, we just talked a lot about what that looked like for her. We also talked about practical things like keeping a budget, and we talked about fun things like traveling. So the conversation went a little bit of all which ways. So uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to Leah. So I am excited for you guys to hear it. We do talk a little bit about the Enneagram. For those of you who aren't familiar, the Enneagram is a personality um, tool that people have been using a lot recently and if you'd like to research it feel free again like any um, personality tool or assessment it is just that it's just a fun thing it's a tool to kind of know how God has wired you um, which I think could be helpful but at the same time any personality test or tool is not gospel and not everybody um, fits into a number perfectly. I don't think anybody does actually because we're all unique and different. So I'm glad to say we do talk about that if you are listening and you're like, what the heck's the Enneagram? That's what we talk about. So I'll let to say happy July, friends. Happy summer. And here is my conversation with Leah. Hi. <laughs> I am... So excited that you came on the podcast today and that I get to just talk with you about life and everything that you've been going through and good and bad and just your relationship with God. And yeah, I'm just really excited that you're here. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So just a little bit about Leah. She is one of my besties and she was a matron of honor in my wedding and she's also married to my little bro. So I'm a big fan of Leah. And we became really fast friends after her and my brother started dating. And I'm just so excited that I finally have a sister because I've never had one before. She got married. So, yeah, we're really excited. And um, so, Leah, the podcast is called Let's Grab Coffee. So if if we were sitting across from each other right now, either at a coffee shop or a bar or wherever, um, what would you like to what would you be drinking? Um, well, my husband would be proud since he's a total coffee enthusiast, but over the years I have made myself grow accustomed to just black coffee. So (laughs) call me boring or call me smart, but I just (laughs) drink, I would order just a cup of black dark coffee, preferably like a dark roast. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's my, I love a dark roast coffee. Um, but I know that you and Brad um, love going to coffee shops and frequent, frequenting coffee shops. Um, where you live, what are some of your favorite coffee shops? Um, 
So recently I haven't been drinking um, any coffee, but I still love going to coffee shops just for the environment. Um, and I love the smell, but I love good kind coffee. Um, it's in Lakewood. It's a super cute shop. And also, um, hmm, I'm trying to think. I love a good Starbucks because I like a comfy atmosphere and some of the hipster like coffee shops around here are more, um, they don't have very comfy like seating. So a really good coffee shop is Duck Rabbit, but they have like no seating to accommodate that. So I'm normally looking for atmosphere these days over coffee quality. Yeah, I love that. I'm about that too. Um, our Starbucks here in the Orlando area just got a reser- like a total renovation and they got rid of half their seating. <laughs> And I was like, that's the whole reason I come to Starbucks. So I know I totally agree with that. <laughs> anyway, so, all right, black coffee. Now you mentioned kind of where you live, um, but just tell us a little about who you are and just a little bit about your story. Yeah, well, I am Leah Barker. I am 28 years old. I graduated um, from Kent State with a degree in human development and family studies Um, I used that degree for a time um, in the nursing home field as a social worker and also for a home health company, but I have really enjoyed being a nanny over the last 11 years, and it kind of caters more to my independent lifestyle and Mm -hmm. my love for travel more than a typical um, job would, so that's what I've been doing. Um, Brad and I have been married almost five years now, and I am currently pregnant with twins. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. It's still surreal to even think about or say. So I know. it's great. I know. This is going to be um, our family's like first grandbaby. Well, on Brad's side anyway. Um, and I'm going to be like a blood aunt for the first time. So I'm very excited. When I got married, I became an aunt technically to like 18 children. <laughs> I know. So, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so that is a crazy big transition. Um, and I know that you're not a stranger to that at all. Um, I mean, the first years that I knew you, it was nothing but transition. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit, kind of like, let's start maybe after college. Like, what were some transitions that you've gone through? through from graduating college to about now? Yeah. So, oh my goodness. So many. So I was the girl that hated any type of change. I am a very routine girl and everything that came change wise needed to be calculated and pretty much controlled by me. And then I married Brad. So (laughs) Brad is an air traffic controller, and air traffic controllers in the first year of their career is a lot like being in the military. So there's so many unknowns, no control of what happens next, and little to no notice where you'll be going. So in our first year of marriage alone, we lived in two different states. Um, So a week after we got married, we moved to Oklahoma. And I think that was the hardest part for me because I had a career in Ohio and my family and things I said I would never do was move away from my family or leave my career 
um, for a husband. And God thought he was pretty funny with my husband's career choice. Um, (laughs) So we moved to Oklahoma. And then three months later, we were sent on a day's notice to Michigan. Yeah. Um, So those were very hard changes for me. um, I felt like a lot of my identity was wrapped in my job and my social status in a way, my friendships um, in Cleveland. And so moving away really shook what I knew to be true of what I thought was my identity. So it, it was very tough to find that new identity in Jesus and where it's supposed to be, but also being a wife and um, trying to, really establish an identity outside of a career was very hard for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, I mean, I think that's a lo- what a lot of people struggle with, especially in their, you know, mid twenties, early thirties is like your life has essentially been leading up to this point where you're supposed to get a job and you're like, the first thing people ask you is what do you do for a living? And so it's really, really hard to see your identity outside of, a career and when that's all taken away from you it's it's really really hard and like god has really i think done a good work in both of our lives that helping us realize that you know that jobs aren't everything and that our identity only should be in christ because our circumstances can change in a heartbeat yeah for sure i think the biggest thing i learned about god too in that time was that even though everything was changing and nothing was like sure on a daily basis for us with Brad's job was that he's a God of consistency and he Mm. doesn't change. And um, one of my favorite quotes that got me through that time was from a book called Daring to Hope by Katie Davis. Mm, Yeah. It says, then I think that maybe courage is not all about the absence of fear, but about obedience, even when we are afraid. Maybe courage is trusting when we don't know what is next leaning into hard and knowing that it will be hard, but more God will be near. He is God and he will provide. He will provide his presence, his strength or whatever he decides we need most. Maybe bravery is just looking fear in the face and telling it that it does not win because we have known the Lord here. We have known the Lord in the long dark night. And that verse just like really those, that part of the chapter just really got me through like, I don't need to have everything figured out for what's next, but God just wants us to be willing to trust him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like tearing up over here. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, I, speaking of that, I mean, I know that you mentioned that you had a lot of friends in the Cleveland area and basically that was all taken away from you in a span of a few months. So Um, what would you say is your best friend, like your best advice for making friends as an adult, especially in all those new places where you didn't know anybody? Yeah. So what made it very challenging in the beginning for us, because I have a very easy time, like putting myself out there and making friends. And I tend to make friends in a quick manner, I would say, but we had no idea how long we would be in each place. So it was hard to want to invest time into people that you could leave in a few months. But 
we figured we might as well make the best of the time we have in places. So Oklahoma was sort of hard, but to focus on Michigan, um, I would outside because I was a nanny. So um, we got involved in the church pretty much right away. And it's really hard to meet people just in like Sunday mornings. So Mm -hmm. I would always suggest a life group or whatever the church has to offer in those ways. Um, that was always super helpful. It brought some of my best friends and also just being willing to, Hey, like, I know we just, (laughs) but do you want to get coffee or be willing to put yourself out there? Because odds are people are looking for friendships too. Um, so that was a good way. And also like we joined some co-ed sports groups and I love that. We are trying to get creative outside of the bar scene because people say when you're a young adult, it's either you meet someone, people at the bar or like work. Well, that was pretty hard for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, we found like some of our best friends, honestly, from a co-ed like social group for sports that we joined. What sports um, did you guys play again? Oh my gosh, we played kickball. It was <laughs> a blast. That's I'm like awesome. the most competitive person ever. So I had to learn like, is this for fun? <laughs> Like, we, we don't need to play like we're winning a championship. Right. Um, we played kickball and dodgeball and flag football. So That is so Yeah, so fun. that was a good way. I mean, mo- a lot of cities have those types of options mm-hmm. for you. Um, but, I mean, it all takes just being willing to put yourself out there because life can be really lonely. And even though I still had all of my friends – like, in Ohio, you still need people to do life with, like, that live around you. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the best advice I've heard was, you know, if you're not finding a community, you have to create it for yourself. Um, you know, you can't always just wait for it to happen to you. And sometimes it works that way. But if you are really desperate for community, chances are somebody else is desperate for community, too. And it really just takes someone being brave and saying, hey, like you said, like, let's grab coffee, you know, let's go to lunch. Um, So I love that. That's definitely great advice. And I think being brave to go to things that maybe you're invited to. I know for me, if I wasn't brave in going to my life group that I'm currently a part of, then I would not have the community I am now. Because like, I was so against it because at the time I was so single and it was all young marrieds. And I was like, I don't want to go to that. Like, heck no. (laughs) So I think just being brave and even if it's not the community you don't think you want, um, people can surprise you and the Lord can surprise you too. And I think that he provides the, the best people at the best time in your life that, you know, what you need at that time. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. totally agree with that, especially because, well, the, the funny story is the life group we joined at the church we were going to at the time, it said um, married couples without kids. We mm-hmm. show up at this group and little did we know it was an empty nesters group. Ah. So we were the youngest people by like 15 to 20 years. And right. it ended up being like some of my best friendships came out of that. So not everyone even has to be in your same like cohort of like age to oh, sure. provide really good, um, healthy friendship. So, 
Yeah, definitely. And some of Andrew and I's our best friends here are our parents' age. And it's wonderful. And it's awesome because not only do you have a great friendship, but those people can also come alongside you and mentor you because they've gone through what you're going through before. Like they're ahead of you. And I think that's so wise to have friends that who have gone ahead of you as well. So it's, you know, that you have someone come alongside you in those ways. Oh, yeah, totally. So I so I want to kind of brag on you a bit because one of my favorite things about you is how easily you connect with people, not just connect with them, but how you connect with them on a deep level. Um, you are so good at asking questions that make people feel like you really care because you do care and you ask really thoughtful questions. And I've always had such a hard time with that, like trying to you know, go beyond asking just like surface level questions, like what do you do for a living? That kind of thing. Um, so I guess my question is, is you're so authentic with everyone you meet and how would you recommend, you know, kind of being vulnerable in that way, um, even facing the potential, um, you know, the potential of being rejected? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today and I realized that it's something that comes so naturally to me that when I even try to describe it, it feels like, oh, it's just what I do. Right. But um, one thing I have found that's valuable over the years is you don't have to be vulnerable with everyone. Um, I think it can be wise to pick and choose who you share stuff with and who you trust. Um, but with that being said, I think it's great to have informed trusting relationships um, and use words to share with those who are sharing with you that you are a safe place and you are for them. Stuff like that makes people just feel more comfortable with you. Also leading the way in vulnerability in return makes people comfortable talking to you. If mm -hmm. you're real and open with people, then it's easier for other people to open up because they feel maybe a lack of judgment or like, Hey, she's sharing deep personal stuff with me. I can share back with her. Um, I think also a big thing is just asking questions. People like love to be asked questions and maybe they won't offer information out like just without being asked but if you ask a deep pointed question I feel most people are very like um open to then sharing and feel like oh wow this person really does care about me mm -hmm. um I have had deep rejection in friendships and so I'm surprised that it's still easy for me to like pursue deep friendships after such hurt. Um, but I feel that it's a point to, I've made a point to not project those hurts onto other friendships where those wounds weren't. But I also think it can be really healthy that if you do have wounds, sharing some of those with your close friends so that they know how to be more sensitive in those ways and know those yeah. are potential like areas that could trigger you. Um, and I feel like through a lot of my friends now, God's brought a lot of healing through them just having grace for me and um, being able to be mindful of ways that 
could be, maybe bring up about past hurt. So I don't know. I just see such an importance for it. Like we were made to be in community with others. And I think uh, community means like people really knowing you. Yeah, that's so for good. Who you just really are. So, yeah. I mean, so yeah, practically be willing to share and be honest, but also asking people questions about themselves um, helps bring about those types of relationships. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like kind of what we were saying earlier about creating your community, it really is about just going first. Like if you're willing to share and be vulnerable, then chances are the other person might be willing to share that too. I mean, there definitely are boundaries. Like you definitely have to be, you know, you have to have that level of trust with that person to really share, you know, those deep things. But um, if they're a trusted friend and you feel like their voice is important to speak into your life, then I think that's so important just to deepen that friendship. And um, my, our pastor has a coin for, or a term for it, for it. It's called koinonia. And it's like, I think it's Greek. I'm going to sound like such an idiot, but it's like, Greek for just being in perfect community with each other and again going first and even sharing like our sins and what we struggle with and receiving perfect grace because of that you know and I think that's so important when you're looking for just friendships you know that they love you for who you are and not even just friendships obviously you know family too and I mean I think that's important you know to find those trusted members of your family that you can do that with as well oh yeah Agreed. And there's got to be, I feel like there's not much room for it these days, but there needs to be grace and friendship because people are imperfect and we all are sinners. And I think Mm. sometimes even I'm like guilty of this, put too much um, pressure on my friends to be what I need them to be when I need them to be it. And Mm. sometimes it's just like people are humans and everyone is struggling with something. So I've just learned over the years that I just need to have more grace for people, even in friendships, because, um, I don't know, it just, it helps in the long run with your friendships, not having such a high standard of what everyone should be to you. Yeah, that's so good. And I think I'm going to go on a kind of a, a, like a rabbit trail here, but I really find that the Enneagram has helped me see that in other people. I know that we have kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, And I know it's kind of like super popular topic right now, but even just studying the Enneagram and kind of knowing like my husband's number, knowing your number, knowing my friend's number, it's like, okay, maybe this is the reason why they're doing this. Or maybe this is the why the the reason that they're motivated to do this behavior. Um, And I think even for myself, that's been important. Like, oh my gosh, I do this because I'm motivated this way. Um, so I've found that to be super helpful and just learning about other people's like personalities. Um, yeah, that's been super just eye-opening to me. So it's, it's fun. I know it's totally great. I've been making all my friends do those tests because I yes. want to just learn about everybody. It's so I know. Exciting. I know. Okay. What's your number? You, you have to share it. I mean, you don't have to, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm an eight and I think that like my number, if anyone knows me might be a dead giveaway. Like, everyone I ask, I'd be like, what do you think my number would be? They're all like, I think you're a total eight. Um, 
When I uh, read, yeah. <laughs> there's this book called The Road Back to You, and there's a chapter about each number. And when I read the eight, I was like, I think this is Leah. <laughs> but I guess you're not supposed to tell people what you think they are unless they say it first, just because you don't want to, like, project that on them, I guess. I don't know how it all works yet, but. I know. Well, some people can get pretty defensive of it. But the thing I love about that book and all of this is it not it it teaches you your strengths about your number and how to turn those things that maybe might be seen as negative into good and how you can use it for the benefit. And so I just like that. At first, I was very mad that I got, I was like, I'm not an eight. And I was like, oh, no, I, I think I am. I know um, they say what the one, the number that you're the most defensive about is probably your number. <laughs> yep. So I found me. So, yeah. but it's just really cool learning about people. And I don't know, it just connects the dots on a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I am a seven, which basically means that I am the enthusiast. So I love anything fun. I try to avoid pain, whatever costs. And I stink and love travel. I love the adventure of it. So I'm going to just segue right into the next topic here. Um, I know that you and Brad really value travel, like you mentioned earlier, and just good stewardship of your money. Um, and I am just been so impressed with just where you guys have gone and the way you've been able to travel to all these dream places. Um, and so I just wanted to see if you could talk me through how um, being debt-free was a reality for you. And if you could kind of talk us through maybe some budget travel tips. Yeah. So Brad and I decided we were determined to get debt-free um, as soon as we got married. And... Luckily, we had good jobs that made this possible, but also I know it's possible just for anyone with a little um, sacrifice and just determination. So we have been debt-free now for three or four years, and we were lucky to not have too much debt going into marriage. So it all depends on your debt ratio of how possible it is. But let me just tell you, it seems not possible but it is, and it's very rewarding. So then once we got debt-free, we, we wanted to live on a budget. And I love budgets. I love it so much. It feels like freedom to me. And to my husband, it felt like total restrictions. <laughs> and he was totally against it. And then he realized how much freedom it actually gave us um, once we knew where our money was going. Yeah. So we were determined to set aside a set amount for travel every month since that was something that was extremely important to us. So we'd never kept much money for entertainment type stuff or like materialistic things. So we had a big chunk of money saved for travel each month. So we, um, this helped us be able to plan according to what we knew we would save in the year. Um, so that was one of the biggest things we wanted to do before starting our family was to travel the world together. So some tips for that. Okay, you can be very crafty with traveling. It does not have to be expensive. And we went to places like Greece and Italy and Costa Rica and did these things very affordable. So one of my biggest tips is Airbnbs. Mm, I mean, yes. <laughs> those are so cheap. They're great. You get a whole place. And one of the biggest reasons I love Airbnbs is because you can save so much money by cooking. Um, 
just about any country or place you go to, you're going to save money by going to the grocery store and eating in. So that was one of the big ways we saved. Also, I was a travel agent, so we kind of know the ins and outs of travel seasons and when to go places. So the best thing to do is Google when shoulder season is in places. Of course, those are pretty obvious. If it's a place in the state, you know when times are good to be there and times are just all right. So shoulder season Everything's cheaper, places to stay, flights, food, everything. So we always traveled in shoulder season because it wasn't off season. You got to avoid the crowds, but it wasn't the high point of the season. Also, um, playing with different flight websites is super huge. So also you want to clear your cookies. I never knew this before because I don't know anything about computers. But once the computer starts realizing what you're searching over and over again... Starts taking the prices up. So what, really? Yeah. So you I clear, have no idea. You clear your cookies. <laughs> and then it doesn't realize that all these people are searching for this, even though it's just you. Oh, that's hilarious. So you can play around with different flights that way and get cheap tickets um, by booking at just the right time. So, yeah, I just think also we're not into, like, the ultra tourist of, like, attractions in places so we saved a lot of money by just visiting from afar yeah because <laughs> a lot of those things are just really expensive and sometimes can be not worth it so we would just pick and choose like one or two things to do instead of spending it all so yeah. can you give me an example of where you maybe not chose to visit but did something else like in yeah, a certain so, place well we went to rome um there is so many things you can do there and we chose to go in the Colosseum. um that wasn't my favorite thing but that was the thing we chose to do in rome when there's lots of other things to do and then also when we were in florence we chose to just do one gallery instead of all the different places um also when we were in prague uh, you can go into all the churches and the castles and stuff like that. And we decided just to view them from the outside. Um, mm-hmm. And they were just as beautiful that way. So yeah, my friend was recently telling me he's been to Rome a few times and was saying that um, if you even if you just look online for museum passes, that's actually can be a lot cheaper than having to wait in line and buy a museum pass. He was saying that one of the galleries in Rome that he was trying to go to, he bought the pass online before, like the day before, and he got to skip the entire line that was wrapped around the building twice. So oh my I goodness, just, that's so true. We did Yeah. That. You save time and money, so why not? Right, right. Oh my gosh, I could just talk about travel all day, but give me some bucket list destinations that you haven't been to yet. Maybe like two or three. That I haven't been to? Yeah. Oh goodness. I want to go to Thailand really mm. bad. I mean, I want to, like, see elephants. Um, I just want to go there. And then I also have dreamt about – I've been to Africa three times, but I have not done any safaris. So I would love to go to Madagascar and do a safari. Nice. Our uh, really good friends here are taking a month in December and just going to Africa. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. People, oh, my gosh. Africa's amazing. 
Yeah, I'm, I yeah, it's definitely one of our destinations too that we want to go to. So, well, speaking of travel, and I know this will probably be a bigger conversation, maybe a whole entire episode about your journey. Uh, but feel free to share as much or as little as you're comfortable with. Um, but I, you have a really, really special story when it comes to travel and how you are currently pregnant with babies. So I just wanted that sounded kind of weird, but could you? <laughs> that sounded like very like mysterious it is not so i just wanted to see if you could tell us just a little bit about um your the barker baby journey yes so we have been dealing with um infertility for about three years now and we sought um help at a clinic in ohio and had three rounds of iui that failed um And then we knew that our next route was going to be IVF. So in our budget conscious mind, we decided to explore some options outside of the U.S. Um, And we came across Prague as being one of the top destinations for medical tourism. So we joined some Facebook groups and read a lot of blogs and started talking with some people Um, since I didn't even know that was ever an option. It's not something I would have ever thought about. Um, And we got in touch with this girl named Anna that runs a company called Metastella. And this company helps people. It's like a medical tourism type agency that um, directs you on where to go over there. They know the doctors, they know the clinics, they know it's good, they know it's bad. So anyway, she was the start of our journey to our clinic and we went to a clinic called fertility port over there. Um, so this consisted of some Skype calls and also working with doctors here. And so we traveled over to Prague. I know it sounds pretty scary, but, um, it was such a great experience. We went to Prague for about 11 days the first time. And this was the beginning process of IVF and the egg retrieval. And then we came back a few weeks later for the embryo transfer. So we were successful the first time we did IVF. Um, So now we have twins. I'm pregnant with twins. Um, And it was just great. So one of the main reasons we chose Prague is for the price. Um, We saved over, we would have spent over double here in the States, what we spent over there. And that was for traveling and two stays there and airfare and everything. And also we figured like, if this all fails, we don't want to be broke. And we also want to have something to show for it. So it was a fun adventure. We got to go to Paris. We got to go all over. So we had an amazing time. Prague is amazing. Um, It was some of the best medical care I've actually ever gotten Um, it was so personalized and just great. And so it helped, it helped our peace of mind having Anna and having like a point of contact there that, um, we could trust and she helped us through every step of the way. So, yeah, so that's what we did. Um, I would recommend it to anyone. It's very affordable and who doesn't want to say they got to go to Europe a couple times in the midst of (laughs) such a rut like IVF is so hard and something so um 
emotionally draining that it really helped us being away in a new environment. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So that's what we chose, and we are very grateful for those experiences. So now I feel like I just, like, have a piece of my heart in Prague forever. Totally. I mean, I feel like we, we definitely need to get you some onesies that are in. Do they? Oh, my gosh. Do they speak Czech? Yeah, they speak Czech. Okay. So I have one onesie, and it says Praha because that's what they say there for Prague. Oh, and cool. it's so cute. But I was like, holy moly, I'm having twins. I'm having twins. I need two of them. So I'm hoping to have my friend there send me yeah. a second one. Yeah, I went to – I'm so excited. I went to – I told you this, the Disney um, cast member, like, discount store with my friend who works at Disney. Yeah. And I found – the cutest gender neutral outfits i can't wait to show you in a few weeks when i see you oh my gosh so excited that's amazing Um, well just a little i want to kind of end us here um i know that there's i hope that there's people listening that um you know want to grow more in their faith and um just kind of need some encouragement in just their day-to-day life um so how would you encourage anyone listening going through grief and disappointment? And how can how did you kind of work through that with the Lord of going through such a long season of just constant disappointment and heartbreak? Um, really, I just I had to wrestle with who God is and like really believe he is who he says he is. And my circumstances don't get to define how good I think he is. Um, ah. Also, reading books, like, books have just really helped me. The um, one book that it stuck out to me the most was It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst. Mm, yes. Um, like, I swear I could underline every single quote <laughs> that she said. And it's really just talking about, like, even in life's disappointments, like, seeing God is good. And that was just always something super hard for me. Um, so there's this one quote again from this book that really helped me. And it said, but this is what I know. God is who he says he is. And in the hurt and in the pain and in the suffering, God is near and he is good. Even when the ending isn't our pain, doesn't minimize his goodness to us, but in fact allows us to experience it in a whole new way. And that's, that's really what, I learned from all this. Um, I thought the pain and the grief of it would make me bitter, but honestly, it made me grow to know him in new ways that I probably wouldn't know if, if life was just easy. Yeah, that's so good. I feel just so encouraged by um, just everything you've said today. Um, and I, I've been having this conversation a lot recently where, you know, just kind of going through like what what faith looks like and okay I don't maybe I don't feel as close to the Lord right now because of everything that's going on or um just again like grief and disappointment is just feeling like a cloud over my life you know that I feel like that everyone can relate to that at some point in their life and um we've been I've been talking with Andrew a lot and just friends that you know our faith isn't about us it's really about who God is and who the object of our faith is mm-hmm. so even even in the struggle, he is good. And we, again, we have to just be really plugged in and know who he is. And um, he'll reveal that to us as we continue to seek after him. And we just have to know that he is good. And even when it, the days suck. Um, so that's, right. that's, that's a good word, girl. That is a good word. 
Well, I'm really glad you came and talked to me today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy night. Um, but I wanted to ask you like a, f- a couple fun questions. So what okay. is your, I didn't prepare you for this, so I apologize. Um, <laughs> what is your Netflix binge or like Hulu binge right now? Like what are you loving? Okay, so I don't have Hulu, but Netflix, I'm rewatching Heart of Dixie. I love a good, like, hopeless, romantic um, type storyline. Um, also, I just binged Northern Direction. Um, What's that? that was such a good show. It has Alec Baldwin in it, and I had no idea they only put one season out, so I watched it in like two days. <laughs> Um, it's just like a drama. I just love like stories that just really like pull you in by, I don't know. I don't know. It's just great. You'll just have to watch it. Okay. My mom and sister watched it in a day. So, (laughs) um, yeah, but I'm watching more shows on TV right now than anything. I love a million little things and I'm waiting for that to come back on and, I was into This Is Us, but lately it's not been the best, so. Yeah, I, I'm still watching that, but it's kind of, I'm kind of losing interest, and I feel bad saying that, because I loved that show for such, a, like, a good chunk of time, but. I know, I just love Jack so much. And I know. Like, game, not about that. I know. I was like, I was no. like forget it. <laughs> I'll yes. still watch it, but I'm not as invested anymore. Yeah, um, so. Are you going to watch The Bachelorette when it comes out? Okay, so I'm so disappointed in who they picked. Like, I please, know. anyone else but her. <laughs> but I say every year, every season, I'm not going to watch it. And then I do because right. it, just, it sucks you in. Like, you just can't not watch it. No, it's so good. Have you, um, have you, are you, are you a podcast listener? Yeah, so I listened to quite a few and you've really? referred me to a lot. Yeah, I, I'm like addicted. That's kind of why I started this because I'm like addicted to podcasts and I was like, I could, you know, throw my hat in the ring and see how this goes. But do you listen to the Popcast ever? I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And it's just all basically two people talking about pop culture references and it's hilarious. And they do a recap every week of the bachelorette. You do have to pay $3 a month for it, which I shamelessly do, but their bachelor and bachelorette recaps are so funny. It's so worth $3 a month. Um, That's amazing. So yeah, I recommend that, but tell me about some podcasts you listen to. Oh my goodness. So I am really bad with the names. The one I listen to, I would have to, like, open my phone to see it. It's called Sexy Marriage Radio, um, and it's a couple, and they're actually really good. I like them a lot. Um, I think it's a Christian-based. They don't super advertise, like, a specific. (laughs) Sorry, is that Milo or Crosby? (laughs) It's Milo barking at Crosby because Uh he's not playing with him. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, so, yeah. So, it's a married couple, and they just talk about a lot of real stuff, and they have a lot of counselors on there and just different people for different perspectives. And then I listen to that – I think it's Girls' Night, the Jamie yes. Ivy. Is that right? Um, so, it's Girls' Wait. Night with Stephanie Mae Wilson. Stephanie Mae Wilson, yes. yeah. And then who is the Jamie Ivy girl? The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy. Okay, yeah. So, then I listen to both of those. And then – this is a little embarrassing, but I listen to Dax Shepard's podcast. No, I listen like, to his too. All the time, especially when I see certain guests on there that I like. Yes, Armchair Expert, I think it's called. Yeah, Armchair Expert. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a good one. That's it's more lighthearted because a lot of the ones I listen to are very faith-based. And yeah. Like, 
really dig deep and um, make you think. And that one's just like a fun driving in the car and don't want to think about anything. Definitely. Yeah, that's the podcast for me. I mean, every Wednesday when it comes out, I'm like, I just need something life like light and funny. So yeah. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for just your time and for talking truth to me and to anybody else who's listening. And I hope that um, people are encouraged and that they love this conversation, which is I did. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime. Love you, girl. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Leah. I know I did. I love how she talked about just the different seasons of her life that she's been through and how she's wrestled with God about a lot of different circumstances in her life. But I also love how she said that God is still good no matter what our circumstances are, that he doesn't change based on how we're feeling or what's going on around us, that he is the same forever. So I hope that whatever circumstance you're going through, whatever season that you're in, that God is still the same God he was yesterday, the day before that, and forever, and that he'll still be the same throughout all eternity. So I hope that you're encouraged by that truth today. I wanted to also say thank you so much for just the sweet notes that I've gotten from last month's episode. I'm just encouraged to keep going. So thanks for listening. That's meant so much to me. And Um, I am so excited to keep releasing episodes. I am planning on releasing episodes to you guys once a month. I will love to do this uh, more frequently in the future, um, but right now once a month is working out really well. So I will see you guys in August. I can't believe I'm saying that. This year is just flying by, but I hope that you enjoy the rest of your July and that you eat lots of good barbecue maybe or go to the beach or the pool and grab a cup of coffee with a friend this month and 